Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver. And I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And today we're hanging out with Stephen Christopher, who's the CEO and founder of Wit Digital. It is his third company, his second agency. He's been named in the fastest growing companies in Colorado multiple times, top 10 best places to work, and this year on track to potentially be in the top three. Wit Digital is currently a 20-person agency working with businesses in the home services space from two to 20 million. He's worked with over 500 clients. Stephen, welcome to the program. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it, man. So I said that uh, you guys were about a twenty-person agency. What's what's your core service offering? What are the main things that you offer your clients? Yeah, so core services are SEO, paid. Um, we get into a little bit of the programmatic, paid digital stuff, into paid social and website design and development. We we originally started as more of a all-encompassing. We'll do anything agency, and then we pared that down as we kind of figured out that we were the experts in some things and maybe not quite as great as we thought we were in other things like digital branding. (laughs) So one of the reasons that I... uh, And and you've come to our events before. We've had you on a panel at U-Summit. And I love what you're doing with the agency. I love the niche focus that you have. But over the last few months, I've been really impressed with how you've shown up on social media. And I think that right now is a really hard time for a lot of entrepreneurs to stay positive and to put themselves out there. Uh, but you've been really good at this. And I'm curious, like, what was the catalyst for you and, and kind of what pushed you to really over-engage right now with everything that's going on? Yeah, great question. I mean, I think over the years in running multiple companies, I've just started to recognize that there's always going to be things that happen that we don't have any control over. And in my past, I would have kind of fought that and complained about it and just quite frankly used it as an excuse maybe for why I wasn't doing as well, why I was frustrated. And as I've aged and become a little more wiser... I've taken different approaches to that. And so, you know, there's really nothing that we could have done about COVID. And so once it hit, I just took the mindset of, hey, this is what it is. There's certain things that we can control and there's certain things that we can't control. But every day I can still control my mindset. I control what I focus on and I can control how I show up for our team and our clients. And I just made that decision in the beginning and went went full force forward and moving in that direction. And, you know, it wasn't easy some days. Like I definitely got out of bed some days and was like, oh my gosh, like come on. Like this is ridiculous. But um through just kind of practicing awareness, I would recognize that and choose 
a different mindset heading into the day. Yeah, I feel like getting out there in, in you know, working on the things you can control versus the things you can't control, it's such an easy thing to say, but it's a lot harder to do. What have you done in order to follow through? And I know you had done uh, uh, for, for our, our listeners on Instagram, I don't know if it's Instagram or multiple platforms, but at least I know at least on Instagram, you kind of have committed to this 100-day video challenge, doing a video a day for 100 days. Again, it sounds that does it doesn't sound easy, but it sounds like fun. Like oh, hundred videos, right? And then you know, someone tells you like around day like fifteen, you're like oh, another video, right? Uh, I mean, what's? I mean, I can't imagine you're always excited to do a video. I mean, has that been something that has been good for you? Has it been challenging? Would you continue it on past the hundred days? Yeah, I mean, you're completely right. So I think the se- I think when it really hit me was probably around day 13 or 14 was the first not as fun one because it was the second weekend. And I was, you know, it was like Saturday or Sunday. I was like, oh wait, I, I gotta do a video today. It's it's every day. And so that's kind of when it hit me. I was like, wait, you know, we're gonna be here for a while, a hundred days. But once I pushed through that, it, it's it's been very interesting because I did commit to it kind of out of the blue. I felt like it was a good idea. And I did it because it kind of gave me something to do, but also it's something that I'm really passionate about. I love, I love doing videos. I know how powerful it is. And I felt like I had something to share during, during COVID. A lot of talk about mindset and keeping the momentum going and stuff. And so I just kind of felt compelled to do it, but yeah, it's, it's not easy every single day. And one of the things that I've learned from it so far, I think today, as we record this, it's day, I don't know, like 45 or something like that. And one of the things that I've recognized is that we all do have very valuable things to offer to the world. We're all unique. We've all had unique experiences growing up. Nobody's the same. And we all see the world kind of through this different lens. And when we get comfortable about sharing that, And we listen to, I'm going to call it intuition on like really good topics and good ideas and things that might be valuable. And we just share them from a place of authenticity and vulnerability. Really cool things happen. Like it it just, I don't know, like just really, really cool things happen. And we can talk about kind of like the results from the video. But I mean, you've been watching the videos. I don't talk a whole lot about digital marketing specifically in those videos. Since you are 45 days in, I mean, is this something where you have gotten results besides just getting probably better at making videos a little faster, a little bit quicker, 45 days in? I mean, has that turned into anything that's like a tangible or measurable result for Wit Digital? Yeah, completely. So what I've found that it's done is if if you think about the whole landscape, right? So think about my digital agency and we market to big home service companies. Well, our competitors and everybody else that's marketing to home service companies all generally kind of say the same thing. You know, we're the best, we can help you, look at our great client results. It's it's all a very similar message, but what I've seen is people that are pros, uh, prospective clients that we're reaching out to in our sales process and our marketing process, now they see kind of this different well they see me out there talking about mindset business, how do you start your day, meditation, journaling, just kind of stuff that's behind the scenes of my life and what has helped me 
become a more resilient person and also things that I'm doing behind the scenes at WIT. So recording things like uh, showing the workouts that we do with our tribe at WIT so that we're keeping people moving and we're people keeping people connected, even though we're all working from home. So now what's happening is these prospective clients are seeing this whole kind of inside to me as the kind of one of the leaders of the company, but also seeing this whole back door to like what goes on in the life of wit. And it just creates more connection because now they can take some of this information and use it in their own business to better their company. And I've had multiple people reach out just on like social media. They're like, man, I've been thinking about switching marketing agencies. And I saw you do this video about, you know, whatever it is, mindset. And that's the kind of like, this is the kind of company that I want to work with. Or they've seen me do videos on culture and how we're continuing to build it, even though we're all working remote. And so it has actually helped a lot as far as driving clients for WIT. You said that you have something to share. I feel like a lot of agency owners and really even entrepreneurs for that matter have a strong feeling of whether it's imposter syndrome or not feeling like they really do have something to share and or something unique to add to the conversation. They already see people out there kind of talking about this stuff. I mean, a lot of the things you talk about, like meditation and working out and, you know, mindset. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that do talk about this stuff, uh, but you have a belief or a position that you had something unique to share with the market. Did you ever at any time feel like maybe, you know, oh, my stuff's not good enough. Maybe the, maybe I shouldn't be out there sharing this stuff or it's not worth the time or effort or, you know, I have imposter syndrome. Like, you know, maybe I'm not the best person to talk on this subject. I mean, any of that kind of negative head trash around putting yourself out there in this way? <laughs> Dude, all the time. And it still comes up all the time. Yeah, it, it just, I, I think that it never completely goes away. And I think that if it ever does go away, there's probably a bigger issue there. Like, I can't remember exactly who said it. I, I feel like it was John Maxwell or somebody like that. Um, but they were talking about public speaking and they said uh, they always get a little nervous right before they go on stage. And the day that they don't get nervous is the day that they really start to get afraid because that's when, you know, the ego has taken such a driver's seat and you you you're coming from a place of i know all the answers i got all of this covered and that's typically when you when you fall from grace so yeah it it happens almost every day before i turn the camera on that little voice in my head says oh you know come on like this topic like everybody knows that you, you talk about something better and for the most part it doesn't get the best of me anymore but this is you know 10 years of of practicing this to get to that place. But there are days where I'll have an idea at eight or nine in the morning and I'm all excited about it. And maybe I'm like driving home from a workout. And then I go to turn the camera on when I get home and I've talked to myself out of the idea. I'm like, oh, well, I'll do it in a little bit. And then before you know it, it's, you know, four 30 or five in the afternoon, still haven't done a video. And I've kind of been talking trash in my head the whole day. But since I made the commitment, I know I have to do it. And so that tends to quiet the ego enough to where I'll turn the camera on and, and do it. And then I start to create that habit and that resiliency. But I mean, to answer your question, yeah, the, the voice is still there and 
the voice is louder some days than others. But what I will say is that once you start doing it or once you start doing something, whatever it is, you'll start to see the result and you'll start to feel better about it. And then that will give you or that will create momentum to keep it going. I think you you probably just made a lot of listeners feel ever so slightly better. Just that when we see somebody out there who is producing content or in your example, taking stage and you know, not, you know, realizing that if they ever don't feel nervous, then there's probably something that's wrong. And I think that that's a really important lesson for people that see others out there sharing a lot and publishing a lot and taking the stage a lot that it maybe from the outside looks like, oh man, these people have it all figured out. But really you pull back that curtain and there is a little bit of you know, of a little bit of anxiety or fear or the same stuff that everybody else does. You're just having the perseverance to kind of play with that fear versus letting it stop you, which I think is a really important takeaway for our, for our listeners. Has your, um, you know, a couple two two questions on the actual videos themselves. Have you missed a day in the 45 days so far? So I did miss one day and it was an accident and I made up for it the next day because I did two. All right. And I, and I, and I did, I said it, I said, Hey, you know, I missed yesterday. Uh, I just, I just forgot, you know, my reminder came up in the morning. I didn't do it. It didn't show up again. I must, I must have clicked. Okay. And, uh, didn't do it. So the next day I did too. And I know a lot of times myself, I mean, I, I'll say our listeners are probably experienced this, but I know for myself, I've experienced something where I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this new habit. You get, you know, you do the 30 day challenge, you get to like day 10 or day 20 or even day 23, like you miss a day and you're like, ah, screw it. I've missed a day. I'm just, you know, obviously I can't do, you know, you kind of give up. Like it's easy to miss a streak and then think that the whole thing was not worth it. Uh, which is just another form of resistance and perfectionism and all that kind of stuff. I mean, did you ever have that thought of like, oh, I missed a day. I might as well just like this, this project isn't worth my time. You know, I didn't have it on this one, but I know exactly what you're talking about because I've done a lot of 30 and 90 day challenges, even six month challenges and I'll miss a day. And I'm like, well, you know, I kind of messed up. I might as well just wait till this one's over and start again. And to be very honest, some of them I did give up on. I'm not super proud of it, but but this one, uh, I haven't had that happen yet on this one. Like, I was dedicated to it, and it helps that I have a friend who's doing it with me. So I have an accountability partner who mm. would never, I mean, she would never let me not, she would never let me quit. How has your process changed for creating these kind of short form pieces of content. I mean, are you, have you evolved that over the last 45 days? Have, have you gotten better at it? Has it gotten harder? I, th- I would say I've gotten a little bit better at it. I've gotten a little more comfortable. And the comfort comes with remembering that, you know, look, I'm going to post a video on social media. And that video is basically going to be gone in... 24 to 72 hours, right? Nobody's really ever going to see it again. Because I think oftentimes when we talk about creating content, at least for me in the past when I started, I always thought I was like, oh my gosh, I got to get this perfect because it's going to be written in stone forever. And everybody I know is going to see this video and it's got to be perfect. And it would keep me from, from doing it. But just remembering each day, like, hey, I'm going to make this video and share the experience that I'm having today. And nobody's really probably going to see it after a few days. And even if somebody does see it, 
look, I was being as authentic as I possibly could in that moment. And if they don't like it and they judge it in the future, then it, it just is what it is. Like, I'm not perfect, but I'm doing the best that I can. Hey, what's up, agency owners? As someone that's built hundreds of websites for clients over the last 20 years, I know how important it is to have a content management system that helps me launch sites fast. If you're looking for a new CMS that can launch sites in half the time as a typical WordPress build, I'd like to introduce you to a new platform called Zephyr, a content management system built for power users and agencies. Build websites faster, make clients happier. Find out more information at ZephyrCMS.com and get one free site for life and a free theme setup valued at $500. That's ZephyrCMS.com. Now let's get back to our interview. Somebody once told me, uh, I'm, I'm working on launching a book and I had these feelings. I was on a, a call with a friend of mine and I said, oh, you know, like I just, I don't know about launching this thing. I feel like there's some things that I want to like do better that have kind of evolved since I originally wrote it because now it's gone through like two or three rewrites and, you know, other people are taking it and doing things that you do with books and it's taking a while from when I wrote it. And I'm like, oh, I kind of want to like go. And he's like, look, dude, it's just a snapshot in time. It's just a book is a snapshot in terms of your thinking at the time when you wrote it. And I think I had not until you just said that connected that with other forms of content as well. It almost, it made me feel like I got permission to go ahead and release something that I'm at the time of writing it. I was extraordinarily like happy with. I'm like, this is it. Then, you know, give it a year, right? You've got a year of distance while the people, the book people are working on it. And now it's like, oh, is this really what, you know, but it is like, I am, I'm super excited about it still, but it's like, you know, wanting to constantly go back and fiddle with something. And I think that's a great mindset for producing videos and Instagram stories and whatever. Like, it's it's a snapshot in time and you can't really say what you would have said today later like in a certain way like if you have an idea of a piece of content like it probably won't be the same piece of content in 45 days like you just kind of have to take it as it is today and go with it yeah completely i mean every day is a different day and every week and month and year and decade we experience differently based on where we are then and like to your point about the book if you, for that example, if you waited, you know, five more years to publish it when it was, you know, more perfect, <laughs> then it probably wouldn't impact people that were in the same place that you were when you wrote it, or, you know, that were at least aspiring to be where, where you were when you wrote it. So we miss the, we would miss the opportunity to, to serve that group of people. And I always think about it from a, I try to think about it from a selfish standpoint, like, who am I to hold back on something that I feel good about sharing right now, even if it's not perfect? Because what if that thing has, has an impact, a positive impact in one person's life? But if I didn't do it, if I didn't put it out there, it's not going to impact their life. Like, Who am I to, to take that away potentially from somebody else? That's an awesome takeaway from this episode. Listeners, I hope you're taking notes or at least mental notes if you're on the road or on the on a run. Earlier in the in I think it might be it was in the in the pre-interview chat, we talked about the importance of niching and how wit is focused on the home services space. Is that a niche that you're married to and you just work with those people or is that kind of a primary you know, pond that you fish from and you still get clients from a lot of other markets. Uh, how did you kind of find that niche? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So we're pretty married to it. We don't market to any other industries. We really only focus all of our marketing on home service. We do get people from other, uh, we do get businesses from other trades and other, um, 
uh, I don't know, other walks of life that are completely unrelated. But most of that comes from, you know, like one of our clients is talking to their friend that owns a business and they say how happy they are with us and then they recommend them. But we don't market outside of that niche. And we got into that niche because in 2008 or 2005 to 2008, I owned a mortgage company and it just, you know, 2008, it tanked. I, I was, went from making money to over the course of 72 hours, not making any money, over $100,000 in debt, had no income no way to pay it back. Like it was just, it went down really, really quick. And so when I came out of that and started an agency, I I learned the agency world for about five years. And then I had a mentor who runs um, a pretty big agency. It's probably about 250 people. And he was in town once as I was building WIT. And I just said, Hey, you know, give me, give me your best advice. And one of his pieces of advice was pick a niche. And he said, there's four things that are really important when you pick a niche. And I need to ask him because I don't remember what the first were, but the fourth one was pick a niche that is resilient. And coming off the back of having a mortgage company, going into a ton of debt, I never wanted to do that again. And so when you look at like mortgage and real estate, I was like, all right, I'm going to stay as far away as I can from that because it's not resilient. And we had a couple home service company clients and we really liked working with them. We felt, I felt that the industry was underserved. They were kind of taken advantage of quite a bit and they had good budgets. So, and they were willing to pay the money. They just wanted somebody that they could trust. And so we kind of kept going that direction. I had a friend who sold a big plumbing company. He started a coaching company for home service. He had me out to speak a couple of times and the rest was history. I mean, we just kind of kept pushing down that path. And, you know, you know now there's, since Google has launched local service ads, there's a lot more people kind of getting into that niche, but we're, you know, five years down the road already and just very happy with it. It's just a, it's just a really fun niche. We love working with the people and it's extremely resilient and we're so grateful. I mean, we're just so grateful right now during COVID that those were all essential businesses and a lot of our clients actually grew through it instead of shrank. Yeah, it seems that that was, you know, everybody was sitting at home. They got, they got to look around their house and see all the things that were broken and, and fixing it. <laughs> you know, the yeah. honeydew list was, you know, you could no longer escape to the office and avoid, you know, looking at the, the broken toilet or whatever. So what, did that just naturally, did that, I mean, obviously you said to pick a niche that's resilient. I feel like there's some level of that that's trying to predict the future. I mean, granted, I mean, people need home service, like plumbers, electricians, like people have houses, they need to have work. But I mean, you could say the same against like real estate in in some ways, right? Like there's people who are always buying and selling houses. Was there something about that niche that jumped out at you as especially resilient or any kind of research that you did? Or was it just kind of a gut kind of decision? Yeah, it was a little bit of, all of those things, I think, and this sounds really silly, but this this was my thought process. So I, I had just heard somebody speak about artificial intelligence and all of the the industries that they are that is impacting, and you know how um, I don't remember all of them, but I think they were saying how like CPAs and some financial planners and even attorneys were going to have a lot less potential work in the future as as AI took over some of that. And so when I was thinking about the niche, I was thinking, okay, well, what's one of the last things that's going to be replaced by AI? And I was like, okay, well, every house is a little bit different. So I can't see robots coming into people's homes to 
fix a toilet or crawl under a sink or, you know, rerun ducting for an air conditioner anytime in the very near future. And that was kind of part of what solidified it for me. It just felt right. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, that's an interesting perspective, but I mean, I think what's, what's probably important than anything is you had some, you know, some logic and rational in uh, insights to why that market would be better than others. What are, what are some of the things that you do in that market to build yourself as an authority and get people to contact you? I mean, besides obviously the hundred day video challenge and some stuff on, uh, on your social media, is there anything else that you do strategically to get in front of that market? You know, there's nothing really out of the out of the norm of things like I'm sure that you talk about and and really anybody in the marketing world talks about. We do we do a lot of video. We created a culture of helping people feel safe in front of a video camera. And so we do have a lot of our team that are willing and do jump on videos quite often. So that sets us apart a little bit because people will say, they're like, man, I see, I saw this person on a video and then I saw this person on a video, then I saw you on a video. And so that kind of helps break things up a little bit so that it's not just always me. Because even if it's 50 different videos, if they're always seeing me, then they all kind of blend together and look like the same video and it loses its uh, sparkle a little bit. And then, you know, the basic stuff like there's, we, we seek out trade shows and best practice groups for the industry, like basically anywhere that our ideal client hangs out in groups, we want to try to add value to that group so that we can be known within that circle. It's, it's really, I mean, it's simple stuff, but it's not always easy. It just takes a lot of relationship building, a lot of consistency and and something around on the leadership side of helping the team feel safe to be on video and put themselves out there. That's awesome. I love involving other people in the business because sometimes I feel like owners, you know, in general, carry try to carry way too much weight and just you know, even on the marketing side for your business and the visibility side to invite other people from your team to share that spotlight and to share that platform. Uh, I think it says a lot about who you are as a, as a leader and also uh, how you believe that uh, what is best to grow. So that's super admirable for sure. Steven, this, yeah, has, thanks, been, uh, this has been an awesome episode, dude. Um, I think just talking about the hundred day challenge, your leadership response to COVID and how you use it up as an opportunity to step up versus step back or step down your talk about mindset and also really getting clear on how you chose to niche your agency. I know our listeners have probably taken a ton of notes and gotten a lot out of this episode. Are you ready for our lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. What is the best advice you've ever received? Oh, every day when you wake up and look in the mirror, look yourself straight in the eyes and say, I am enough right now. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Act faster than my inner critic. So when, when I have an idea, act on it. Don't wait until my ego or inner critic has all the time in the world to talk me out of it. Can you share an internet resource, tool, or app that you use regularly that you think our listeners would find valuable? We still... We like, we like SEMrush. Nice. Haven't heard that on, on here in a while. I do still use that myself. So that's pretty cool. 
Uh, and what book would you recommend and why? Oh man, we could go kind of deep on this one. Uh, there's a book called Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. And I recommend it because it's all about calmness, stillness, meditation. And he, he goes back and researches for you know thousands of years about how important that is. And I think it's just crucial that we are able to understand ourselves and we can often do that best through silence. Awesome. I actually have that. I have the book. I had pre-ordered it. It showed up. I've been working on a couple that are ahead of it. So maybe uh, you just uh, inspired me to jump the line uh, with that one and, uh, and, and check it out myself. If our uh, listeners want to find out more about Stephen and all the show notes and all the good stuff that we have for you on this episode, you can check that out at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Stephen, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Yeah, I mean, I guess we've talked a lot about the 100-day challenge. And uh, I think that that's probably... I mean, it is something that I'm proud of. And it's something that I'm also doing to help inspire other people to do the same if they feel called to do so. So I guess probably the best place is just my Facebook page, LinkedIn, where I'm posting those videos. And you know, we all desire to have more interaction. And so if you watch something, like it, it does help me. I appreciate it. <laughs> but um, more importantly, I think there's just some good things to take away from that. And like I said, if I can inspire one more person to do something that they feel called to and step out just a little bit more than they have in the past... Uh, I, I feel like I've done something really good. So yeah, check out check out my social media and join the I don't know join me on the journey. <laughs> and if you if you if you need any help along the way or if it's something that you want to do, reach out. I'm more than happy to share wins, things I feel I did well, and things that I would do differently if I do it again next time. Awesome. Well, Stephen, we'll make sure to link out to all three of those main social media profiles: Instagram, LinkedIn and your Facebook profile on our show notes page. So if you are on a run or on the road or like me on your bike and you want to check that out, go to yougurus.com slash podcast. If you're listening to this the week of, you'll see Steven's episode right up there at the top. Click on that guy. Lots of takeaways and all those links that we mentioned in today's show, yougurus.com slash podcast. Dude, thank you so much for stopping by the program today. Absolutely, Brent. Thanks so much for having me on, man. I, I, Dude, I admire so much what you're doing for so many people. Every time I get to go to the events, I'm just, I'm touched by how great you are doing it, impacting so many people's lives. Thanks, man. That means a lot. I appreciate that. And, uh, and yeah, you're always welcome to our events. So uh, I appreciate your, your support on that. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale to multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver.